0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, BTSC, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, is right back at you with their family of podcasts. Welcome to the Steelers Burning Question. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I am glad to hold down the fort this week for you. Now, you're probably wondering, wait a second, bad? it's Friday, isn't it? Yeah, I said it, time with Lance Williams. Yeah, I said it, not today. Lance is going to have, yeah, I said it, tomorrow, and we've swapped spots, so i I'm in the coveted Friday night spot, so uh, just think of me as your own inspiration point, and we talk about Pittsburgh Steelers with the draft coming up, and we're going to answer that burning question, and you know what that burning question is. It's something that's on every Pittsburgh Steelers fan's mind. But before we do that, I want to do a few shout-outs. I already shouted out to my good friend, Lance Williams, where we had a chance to uh, be on this show together last week, last Saturday, and it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, Great working with Lance. First time we've ever gone one-on-one, and it felt pretty good. Uh, Think of us as one-on-one like Daryl Hall and John Oates with that great song from back in 1983. Also want a great shout-out to uh, my good friend Jeff Hartman, the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Throwing in one to uh, Dave Schofield, Big Bro Sco, and my partner in crime, Tony Defeo, on the Steelers Q&A, which we have our big mock draft coming up on Monday, which is for you, the viewer, to go ahead and help out with. Uh, All of those spots are filled, but however, you know, it's the first time we're doing it. There is the possibility that, you know, some people uh, won't be able to show up. So there is a waiting list. If you do want to get on the waiting list, you can go ahead and do that. And I got to tell you, I am so excited as I look in the live chat and I see right now um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite names is Frank Web Lives. Um, But now we've got a new name that is really awesome. It's called Product of Mr. 2AM. And I think that's a shout out to uh, one of my many nicknames. So I love it. Great name. It makes me feel good. So. Here we go. Um, the burning question How can the Steelers blow this draft? Now, look, you know, it's been said that the Steelers are probably one of the better drafting teams, um, especially in the last, I'd say, in the last 20 years, but really of all time, they're a really good drafting team. Now, they've had some foibles over the years, um, they've had a few in the last uh, 10 years and really one of the one of the ways that they can what they blew the draft in the last you know 10 years would be drafting for a certain position being hellbent on getting that cornerback in 2016 hellbent on getting Jarvis Jones that outside linebacker position um Cory Foreman says you know they could blow it by drafting a QB at 49 and some people are hellbent on them doing that just like They're hell-bent on the Steelers getting a running back at that position, too. So probably one of the things that I would say is this. Maybe the Steelers need to go for that that famous best pick available and not worry about a certain position. Now, I think they have some certain positions in mind, but best player available is probably the best way to go. But let's, let's go ahead and take it to the streets here. What do you see out here? Uh, Justin Conway saying a best player available. I don't know if that is uh, if he's saying that that is the uh, way they can blow it. Um, Alfred Fuscagi. Uh Okay, I'm, I'm Alfred. I'm killing your name, and I apologize, man. Let, let's go ahead and put this up on the board because I'm really struggling with that one. Um, best way to blow the draft: analysis by paralysis. Don't overanalyze a prospect. Prospect. Take the BPA. You know, that's that's pretty good. I mean, really, this is a deep draft, deeper than any that I have seen in a long time. I thought last year's was fairly deep. This one beats last year's as far as a very deep draft. Um, So Pitman says they could draft a wide receiver. And so I guess he thinks that's not really the uh, the best way to go either. Alfred's helping me out. It's Fustakji. Fustakji. Okay, I got it, Alfred. There you go. Um, I, am going to have to practice that one, buddy. I will, but I'll have it. uh, I've seen your name popping up a lot lately. I'll have to remember that as we go. Fustachi, I got it. There we go. Now, uh, now the Yinzers, if the Yinzers get a hold of that name, it's going to be trouble. I don't know where you're, uh, listening from, but Yinzers would kill your last name, Alfred. They, They just really would. But then again, I'm a Yinzer and I'm killing it. Um, so really how have the Steelers drafted over the years? if you look back, I've got a buddy and this buddy of mine thinks that they draft terribly every year. And I want to go ahead and argue that I'm going to do that a little bit later in the show. George Rice says, pick a sexy wide receiver or running back. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, I guess picking for sexy. I mean, you know, that sells magazines. Uh, I guess we're not talking about the same sexy George, but um, yeah, what he, what he means by sexy is pick that name, pick. There's always that name guy. And the Steelers did a great job. Last year, everybody had all these name guys in mind that they wanted. They come out with the third pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Pittsburgh Steelers select from Toledo, Deontay Johnson. And everybody's like, "Who? who is Deontay Johnson? I mean, we don't want that guy. Now... A year later, they're like, yeah, we've got Deontay Johnson. He's going to be our number one wide receiver. A lot of people are thinking that. Um, nobody would trade Deontay Johnson for anything. Uh, actually, a, a second team opera last year at his position. So actually really exciting. So uh, fantastic. Um, Rhino Toll says, look, we just got to take a playmaker no matter the position of need. So um, as far as that goes. Playmaker is a good way to go. Um, also, sorry about that. There was uh, my neighbors were making noise there. Um, so uh, if if you look at uh, if you look at this, you know a playmaker is a good way to go. That fits in the window, and the window is something that uh, they're really looking at with. Ben Roethlisberger here for maybe two years, maybe maybe three. So a lot of things uh, could go their way if they pick a guy that could help Ben give him an extra playmaker to go. Um, Frank Webb lives his best way to blow this is forgetting what day it is due to, due to not having a first round pick. Frank Webb lives always makes me laugh. I love it. Um, you know, Here's here's a guy to look at. A lot of people and we had our mock draft the other day and um the one guy that came up the one guy that came up was Cam Akers. Wes hickok brought up Cam Akers and he's getting a lot of sentiment right now as a running back. I really didn't even have him on my list before, but a lot of people are looking at guys like Akers. Um I'm still holding out for a guy like JK Dobbins. Dobbins, I know he is a a sexy name but he's a pretty good running back and if he could fall a lot of people think that he won't but a lot of strange things can happen in this draft and if he does i think they're definitely going to look his way then they can completely do something that you don't expect and take a safety which would you be upset if they took a safety um i i really don't think uh, i really don't think i'd be upset if they picked the right guy if they I mean, they do more due diligence than we do. Um, so we can see about that. Dallas Quinley, I love this one. He's saying, hey, the best way to go ahead and blow this draft is to go ahead and draft a kicker. So if they were to draft a kicker in the first round, that would be definitely blowing it. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you get a kicker, a long snapper, or even, you know, gosh, kicker, long snapper, or even a punter in the first round, we're gonna be really, really ticked off. Um, Frank Web Libs says you could blow it by consulting the Finny Pants, much like the Magic Eight Ball, due to lack of pro days. Um, you know the Finny Pants; those are my. If you don't know about the the pants, I have a pair of BJ Finney's old pants that I bought from the Steelers at a uh, at an autograph show, and couldn't go to that show this year because of COVID nineteen. I am looking for. A new player's pants, or maybe I just keep the Finney's. I mean, I'm not, I'm a lot smaller than Finney, but I tell you what, I still have a trouble, a hard time fitting in those pants. I'll tell you that. Um, Sean Manahan says Akers is good because he showed he can play extremely well with no offensive line. So that's a guy to be excited about. Now, Ryan O'Toole, instead of a running back, would rather see Connor stay healthy. And have another Pro Bowl season. I think that's what we all want. The only problem with that is we just have never seen it. We've never seen him stay healthy at all. And I think if we could, uh, if that was, that's your best case scenario though. If James Conner stays healthy, it's going to be awesome. That team is going to be so much better. And that team can compete. But until I see him play 16 games, plus plus. 3 postseason games or 4 postseason games I'm going to start thinking that you got to think about his replacement and that's uh that's the bottom line I would love it to be James Conner I want him to be the guy but when you're thinking realistically you got to think about something else also the thing about James Conner is you don't know how long he is going to be for the team because that draft netted a lot of big players that 2017 draft we're talking about you had DeGrooter, TJ Watt, Cam Sutton, Colin Hoba, just kidding. Um and of course, Connor. So those first four picks were just absolutely they were that was a really good draft. A solid draft, one of the best ones they've had in years as far as uh as uh games played. Um Alfred uh says good point bad if Dobbins is available, picking him would satisfy both camps. He would be a best player available in a playmaker in depth at running back as well. So, you know, you really want to think about depth at running back, but don't get consumed with it being a running back. There you go. Corey Foreman, he's an FSU and Steelers fan. He loves Akers. And, you know, Akers isn't even a Florida State player. So that's awesome. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Akers is from the University of Florida, but. Um, he would see a lot, a lot of them, so um, that's that's uh, that's something good. That's that's a guy who's popped up definitely a lot lately. Dallas Quinley does not want the Steelers to draft a tight end, and he even prefaces it with an UGG. You know, gosh, if you draft a tight end with what you've just done now, with keeping McDonald, with bringing in Eric Ebron, that's gonna be oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Akers is from FSU. I apologize. Um, I have that all wrong. Um, But with those guys that you just brought in at tight end, then you've got a problem because you're probably bringing a guy in to be your third guy. And here's the bigger problem. This is a very weak tight end draft. So actually, the Steelers were better off bringing somebody in than than, uh, relying on uh drafting a tight end high in the draft and in fact i don't even think they need to draft a tight end at all this year um so yeah once again i do i do apologize um for uh mixing up florida and florida state for some reason i thought it was florida um not sure what i'm thinking pitman always everybody's asking why switzer's still on the team ben is the reason switzer's still on the team there you go um george rice at ask if COVID-19 happened last draft, do we still and I I just lost it here, but let's bring it back up. Do we still draft Johnson? I don't think so. Uh, You know, there's so many things because look, scouting is so off. That's why Kevin Colbert went to the league and said, you know what? We really need to have three more draft picks here. Make the draft a 10-team draft because we're not out to scout these guys. So really, unless you've done virtual meetings, but these guys have lost more than a month, I'd say almost five weeks, um, maybe closer to six weeks of evaluating talent. So they would have not had uh, Deontay Johnson probably, unless that's somebody that they were looking at for a long time, but you don't know. Um, Brian Scott loves the speed of KJ Hamler from Penn State. Um, Juan Smith... I love what Juan Smith is saying. He says, trade up for Lamb, the wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. We need him. Yeah, man, I tell you what, I think a lot of teams have him as their number one guy right now. That's just, uh, that is the receiver that I, I mean, I would love to see it. I just don't see them trading up that high, and I, I really don't see them trading up at all. But here's the thing. It's a deep enough draft. They can get a, a very good pick. And guys are gonna fall. Number one caliber guys are gonna fall into that second round. There was a number one caliber guy last year that fell into the third round, Chase Winovich. And that was a guy that uh that right now, if you're looking at redrafts from last year, they have him in the first round right now. Um, the Michigan product that ended up actually uh your know, Pittsburgh area product too but uh, that ended up getting drafted to New England. You know, so Sean says we don't need a receiver. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, that's just, you. it's all subjective to what you really think the team needs. I kind of think that uh, they're, they are bringing in a wide receiver in this draft. I really think they are. Um, but if you look, and we've done this a lot over the last few weeks, but if you rank priority, I mean, everybody's ranking is different. I kind of think that uh, that number one is an edge rusher. I think number two is a running back. Um, but interior line is something that you need to look at. A safety now with the depth of safety is something you need to look at. So uh, that's something we could talk about. But it's really great to see exactly, you know. Um, how many possibilities there, there are, I really don't know who they are taking. I've heard so many names, Anai, Uche. Um, I have heard, uh, those are the edge rushers that I've heard of. I've heard so many different names. I've heard the safety being brought up. I've heard Jalen hurts and Brad Jewett says, how can the Steelers blow the 2020 draft drafting Jalen hurts? Read over and want Cesar Ruiz to fall to 49. And that's a guy that a lot of people are in love with right now. That, uh, that interior lineman, mostly uh, a center. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are not wanting Hurts. So, but you never know. You don't know what they're thinking about the future of Ben Roethlisberger. You don't even know if they're going to. Gadget a guy like Jalen Hurts. You don't even know if they go with a guy like Lynn Bowden, maybe in the third round, if they could sneak him from Kentucky. And I saw somebody bring him up earlier. This is a guy that, I mean, he's, he can play quarterback, receiver and running back and he's would be drafted as more of a receiver. So there's what we're thinking right now is probably something that completely different than what Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, those guys are talking about um, when they get together. And also, let's not forget about the big name, the big name, Art Rooney II. What's Art thinking? So it all, it still all goes through him as well. So, I mean, they talk about it, but he he puts the rubber stamp on it. And you've got to make sure that it's something that he likes. So um, Dave Schofield, good friend of the show, not just friend of the show, he is A lot of times, the show, the Oracle says he loves Gandy Golden in the fourth. Um, That was uh, Donald brought him up earlier um, in the live chat. You know that's a really solid pick as well. But something I wanted to talk about here is, and teased us a little bit earlier. So this is something to think about. How well have the Steelers drafted over the years? Now, I'm going to start with 1969, of course. And that's what I wanted to do. But I want to go a little bit earlier. How they've evaluated talent. And, you know, we're talking a lot this year about the fact that the Steelers only have one, excuse me, don't have any number one draft pick for the first time in 50 years. Now, in the 60s, in the late 50s and 60s, that was the norm. Here you go. 1958, no pick. They traded guys guys away all the time for talent, and but it wasn't talent. It was washed-up talent or was older talent. They did not want to mess with developing players, and that's what they did. Um, I want to bring up 1957 before I do anything. Evaluating talent, they brought in a Hall of Famer. His name was Len Dawson. The only problem is Len Dawson was a Hall of Famer for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they did not. Develop them at all. So that's a guy that uh next thing you know, he's in Kansas City, and he's not uh he's not playing for the Steelers. 1958 and 1959, no pick. 1961, no pick. 1963, no pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna name 1964. Paul Martha was a running back from Pittsburgh that played for the Steelers for a while. And in those 60s, he was probably one of your most talented players. Very good running back from the University of Pittsburgh. Um, probably why they knew a lot about him. Um, in fact, I have printed an article, I published an article on the uh, Behind the Steel Curtain website today to mention to rank the top colleges that have produced Pittsburgh Steelers in history. And I believe it was 45. 45 players from the University of Pittsburgh were drafted to the Steelers, and that is number one all time. And, of course, the reason being is the fact they looked at a lot of players locally in that time and a lot of players in the state. So you saw players from Penn, Penn State, um, Pittsburgh. um, They did that a lot. And they also brought a lot of people in from Notre Dame, um, with Pittsburgh being, you know, I don't want to say primarily, but a big Catholic area. the The uh, Rooney's being Catholic. They looked a lot about looked a lot to Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was the uh, class program at the time too, and that's where a lot of the top players were. Um, but back to this: 1965, no pick; 1967, no pick. So let's fast forward to 1969. So we're going to go ahead and look at all of these drafts, and we're going to figure out which one ended up being a great pick and which one didn't and see what the percentage is. I know what we're going to say about 1969 and I know what we're going to say about 1970, Joe green, Terry Bradshaw. Of course, we're going to throw them in the great pick category. 1971. They went with a wide receiver from grambling, Frank Lewis. Frank Lewis was a big receiver in the early years until he ended up with the Buffalo Bills. Had a pretty long career in the NFL. I'm going to mark Frank Lewis as a good pick. Very productive NFL player. Franco Harris, 1972. Hall of Famer. Do we even need to say what he is? Mark him down. So the next two years, J.D. Thomas in 1973 out of Florida State. I got that right. You Florida State fans, J.T. Thomas, starter for many a year. Great defensive back, number 24 for the Steelers. Um, One of the best to ever wear the number 24. It's between J.T. Thomas and uh, not Rich Ehrenberg. Rich Ehrenberg was decent, and Ike Taylor. Um, Two of the best 24s of all time. J.T. Thomas from Florida State, I'm going to say great pick. I also have to say good pick the next year, the 1974 draft. One, Lynn Swan. Yeah, I think we like him as well. Here's an interesting one. I'm going to say right right now, I'm putting this guy in the good pick car- category. A lot of you have never heard of this guy. And uh, you may have not. But his name is Dave Brown. Dave Brown was the number one pick in 1975. Played for one year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the thing with that is they had a lot of depth and a lot of depth there at corner and in the defensive backfield. He played on that Super Bowl X team, but what happened, he was exposed to the, in the next year's 1976 expansion draft. And what happened in the expansion draft, Seattle scarfed him up. He ended up playing, I believe, 10 years in Seattle, made their ring of honor. A fantastic pick, but he ended up not being a great pick for the Steelers. I mean, he was a great pick, but he ended up not being a productive player for the Steelers. But you know what? I have seven guys so far that we've talked about. And those seven guys, right now, it's 7-0. good picks. Now, we're going to get to more. Um, I'm going to take a break real quick. We're going to see what Snowman has to say. Snowman threw $5 into the live chat you have enough guys for Monday night? If you don't, I will take another team to help you out. Um, that's about our uh, mock draft that we have coming up. Snowman, actually, we have people on the waiting list now. Um, so we do expect some people to drop out. So if you, if somebody still wants to get in, they can. But I really appreciate that. We're going to have a fun draft for the uh, Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can't, Snowman has a pick. You could still have a pick, too. But right now, we're putting everybody on. The waiting list. Uh, and Ryan Kellerman's asking, "How are we deciding who picks for what team?" I'm going to go ahead. I have some uh, NFL poker chips. I'm going to pull them out tonight, and I'm going to let everybody know what the uh, what the draft order is. Who gets the Bengals, and who's picking at number 32 for Kansas City, and most importantly, who's picking at number 49 for the Pittsburgh Steelers? One of you will be doing that as well. Um, Of course, we are not going to have 33 to 48. We're just going to leave those open. Um, As far as that goes, um, let's get back to the drafting. 1976, 1977, 1978, Benny Cunningham, Robin Cole, and Ron Johnson, respectively. All of those guys were starters for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I um, need some help from the, the live chat that remembers those players. I'm going to say that uh, that uh, Benny Cunningham was definitely a pretty good pick for that team. Was he an amazing pick? Was he, was he an all-pro? No, but he was a very good tight end, and I thought he was solid. Uh, we lost Benny last year. May he rest in peace. Uh, Robin Cole ended up having a cheesecake company. But the number one pick in 1977 out of New Mexico, Robin Cole, played for a lot of years. I believe he played for 10 years in Pittsburgh. He did make a, a Pro Bowl or two. He was a really solid player. Here's something interesting about Robin Cole that a lot of people don't know. And I never knew that they did this. But in the Super Bowl 14 in uh, January of 1980, he was not the uh, MVP of course, the MVP was Terry Bradshaw, but they had a runner-up. So he he won the, uh, the first runner-up to the MVP um, in that Super Bowl, and I did not know that they even had that. I've read that a few times, so I thought that was something really interesting. Um, as we keep on going, um, Ron Johnson from Eastern Michigan was a solid player for four or five years as well. And here's the thing, when we talk about number one draft picks, they don't all have to be pro bowlers. They don't have to be Hall of Famers. What they have to be is productive players. Now, if you're looking at a bust car- category and you want to say that, okay, this guy hasn't hasn't achieved your superstardom, but he's been really solid and he's important to the team, then you don't want to call him a bust. And I'm going to look ahead Go back to 2015 and say, Bud Dupree is no way a bust. A lot of people want to go ahead and qualify him as one because he didn't reach the expectations. In fact, not ready to throw the bust label. A lot of people are on Terrell Edmonds. We'll talk about him a little bit later too. But here's the thing. He's been starting in this league for uh, a good bit of two years, and he's uh, he hasn't exceeded the expectations that you'll want. But he's not an Artie Burns. He's not a Jarvis Jones. So to keep that going, so far every single pick of the 1970s, I'm going to say was a very good pick. The one guy that I'm probably going to say no to would be uh, 1979 Greg Hawthorne, the running back out of Baylor. Really did not, really did not uh, have much success in the league. Um. So I'm going to throw him in the other category. Now, 1980, this is a really tough one. Was he a good pick or not? Mark Malone out of Arizona State. They thought they had the heir apparent to uh, Terry Bradshaw. Um, but but here's the thing. I This guy, he just never achieved much as a starting quarterback in the league. I know he did make it to the AFC Championship game in 1984 but he wasn't he wasn't the starter the entire year he split time with David Woodley um I'm gonna throw him over in the uh in not being a great pick um Dennis Sheridan says didn't like him not a lot he was he's just one of those guys he looked like Tom Selleck Magnum PI had all the looks in the world but he would just be rate receivers when it was his fault he was just just a surly guy he's not what you saw on ESPN um so I'm going to go ahead and throw him over in the uh, the bad pick category. Keith Gary was a guy from Oklahoma that uh, played for a while on this team, was a pretty solid player, sat out his first year almost, and uh, ended up in the CFO for the Montreal Alouettes. And because, uh, you know, back then, rookies could hold out. So I would, I would say uh, that this guy, when he came in, he, he played some positive football for this team. I had a chance to meet Keith Gary a few years ago. I'm going to throw Keith over in this category as well. Um, Walter Abercrombie, I'm going to throw him over. He played okay, but he just never did what they needed him to do. And I, I hope I'm not contradicting myself, but here's the thing. Um, With Walter Abercrombie, he was uh, nothing, he was never more than a part time player. So, you know, I've got to throw him on that list. Uh, Another uh, fellow that is deceased only played six games in this league because of a tragic drunk driving accident. Um, And he was at fault in that accident was Gabriel Senor Sac Rivera from Texas Tech. Now, look, you got to put him in the bad pick category. If he would have played a full career, we would have seen what would have happened with him. But what makes it even, but what really makes it a bad pick is they passed up Dan Marino for him. So you have to throw him over in that category. Um, One of the uh, not many great picks in the 1980s. Um, 84, Lewis Lips. Yeah, really solid pick. Um, a, uh, rookie of the year, um, candidate was, uh, you know, a pro bowler right away as a return man. Um, just a fantastic player. Um, Guyro asked, oh, he didn't, wasn't aware that, uh, senior sack passed away. Gabe Rivera. He did, I believe it was in either 2017 or 18. And I'm going to say 2017, um, 1985 and 86. I'm going to do these together for time's sake. Daryl Sims and John Renstra. Wow. Rough picks. Never did much of anything in the league. Um, in fact, uh Renstra held out at one point and decided to drive a tr- uh, work for a trash truck instead. Um, something uh, Cornell Far says Walter Abercrombie would be starting on this squad. Yeah, I mean, he might be starting in 2020, but You know, he could never break through past a guy like Frank Pollard. Uh, So I got to throw Sims and Renstra. Just those those are, especially Sims, probably one of the bigger busts on the list. Um, 1987 was beautiful. I had a migraine. I had to stay home from school. I was in 10th grade. Rod Woodson was picked and I watched it happen. I'm like, this is amazing. This guy's the guy. Um, And of course, he is. 1989, 1988, 89, and 89, because there were two picks in 89 because of the uh, Mike, Mike Merriweather trade to the uh, Vikings. All bad picks. Aaron Jones, Tim Worley, Tom Ricketts. Just never produced in Pittsburgh. None of those guys. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Eric Green in 1990. Yes, they traded back to pick Eric Green. They also traded to the Dallas Cowboys and allowed them to get Emmett Smith. That's the problem with this pick. They were not going to pick Emmett Smith because they picked Tim Worley the year before and thought they had their running back. Um, They did not. So they weren't looking at picking up a guy like Emmett Smith, but the, the problem with this this pick is they only had one contract out of Eric Green, but when Eric Green played for them, he was very productive. I've got to throw him on the good list. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. Um, as we go forward, one of the worst picks of all time. Uh, somebody mentioned earlier that, uh, that uh, Troy Edwards was one of the worst picks of all time. Not a good one, and we'll talk about him in a little bit but the guy we're talking about right now, Huey Richardson, Chuck Knolls last pick, probably one of the worst. I mean, Bill Cower cut him right away in his in his rookie season, Bill's rookie season. Um as a head coach. So that guy was that bad. Uh, it, it's a shame Huey Richardson was was abs- that was just a rough rough pick. Uh Leon Circe from Miami, Bill Cower's first pick really solid player dion figures from colorado you know uh help me out i'm not sure where to go with dion figures of course he recovered the onside kick in the super bowl he ended up uh getting a free agent deal with the uh with uh the jacksonville jaguars i'm not saying that he was a bad pick um he was a lot more productive than a guy like Artie burns ended up being so i've got to say that. uh, that he was a good enough pick to uh, stay off the, the naughty list. Um, let's go ahead and go further. Charles Johnson in 94, pretty good pick. He had some health problems, um, but he was solid for them. Never really amounted to really what they wanted to be, but not bad enough. And uh, produ- and he was productive enough to stay off of that list. Mark Bruner, the tight end in 1995 from Washington. Um Really solid player for a while, Um, so that's a pretty good pick. You know, I think a lot of people were disagreeing with me. Uh, I I see a Dilwitt that's disagreeing with me on. uh, I don't know whether it's Dion or Charles Johnson, both of those out of the University of Colorado. You know, I mean, I could be wrong. So, I mean, that's uh, that's where we are on it. I do, I do respect that. Um, Then we get into one of the worst, another one of the worst picks of all time. Um, as far as a number one draft pick goes, Jermaine Stevens, his claim to fame, and Stan Saverin talks about this a lot, is uh, getting caught eating a pizza, a full pizza, in pregame of of a football game, and uh, this guy couldn't get through the conditioning tests. Um, just he was a reach, and he was one of those with the project label, and he just he just did not work. But- Not sure where to put him on this list. I mean, do we need to put him? Where do we put him? He was hurt a lot. Was was he a good player? But I don't think he was trashy. Um, So let's go ahead and keep him off the bad list. Um, Alan Fanica, enough said. Just say his name and you're like, yeah, great pick. Plexigo. I mean, oh, I missed Troy Edwards. Troy Edwards, I'll never forgive because I was in the stands in the AFC championship game when he went out of bounds. Um, And the uh, Steelers had a punt again. And next thing you know, Troy Brown scoring a touchdown on that punt. Like I said, I'll never forgive that guy for that. He was just not a very good pick. Um, In fact, they had Heinz Ward, didn't believe enough in Heinz Ward, brought in Troy Edwards the next year, brought in Plexico Burris the next year. You really can't call Plexico Burris a bad pick because – did a lot of good things. Would have liked to have had him in here for a second contract, but you know, it's uh, then again, he he wasn't terrible. Casey Hampton 2001, great pick. Kendall Simmons in 2002, solid pick. The guy had a lot of migraine problems, but he was a gamer, he was a baller and stuck around a long time. 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, and 2007. Fantastic picks. No one's going to disagree with Troy Polamalu, Ben Roethlisberger, Heath Miller, Santonio Holmes, and Lawrence Timmons. Aside from the 70s, one of the best five-year runs for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and especially Kevin Colbert. So a great five-year run. The next two years, I'm going to put them both. I'm not sure where to go. Um, Rashard Mendenhall. Had a lot of produ- productivity in Pittsburgh. And I know we're never going to figure give him for the fumble in the Super Bowl. But was he a bad pick? Injuries ruined his career. But a pretty solid pick. So I can't put him on the bad list yet. Evander Ziggy Hood. He was solid for a long time with other teams. starting in the Super Bowl. I'm just not in love with uh, what he did in Pittsburgh enough to say that he was a good pick. So I'm going to go ahead and put him on the naughty list. Um, so here's another good three year run. You cannot argue with 2010 through 2012. Three of these guys are still on the team. And remember, 2010 to 2012, we're in 2020. And uh, Marquise Pouncy, Cameron Hayward, David DeCastro, they're still on this team. Still very solid players. Jarvis Jones, 2013. Oh, gosh. But there's one thing I want to say about 2013. Go ahead and look back to see the guys that were drafted in 2013. Not a very solid draft in that first round at all. Not very good at all. Um, That was probably one of the worst drafts in the NFL in a lot of years. That that 2013 draft, terrible. And Jarvis Jones has definitely ended up being a bust. Um, 2014, Ryan Shazier. We can't complain about Ryan Shazier. I know um, you can't call a guy that had the injury that he had and had a good career. You can't call him a bust. Um, We are not getting what we want out of him because of an injury, but that's not his fault. He was a great pick. So I will actually tell you that I'm I'm laughing because I'm seeing a lot of names uh, pop up, a lot of number two picks, and we should do number twos one of these times too. Um, Mike Adams and Lima Swede, yeah. No, the number two, I'd love to see the percentage of how well they did with number two picks, and we could do that in the future as well. Um, but as we move on, Shazira actually fantastic pick at number fifteen. Um, 2015 Bud Dupree, good pick. Artie Burns at 2016, ugh. Terrell Edmonds, excuse me, TJ Watt, fantastic. You, I mean, that guy is, uh, that guy is the face of the team and becoming the face of the team. Um, so let's go ahead and look at, uh, Terrell Edmonds. I'm going to just say with the next two guys, it's way too early to say that he was they were a great pick or not. Um, I'm not ready to put Terrell Edmonds in any category, not ready to put Devin Bush in any ca- category, but if you're leaning on both of them, you could lean to Devin Bush being a fantastic pick, but we've only seen one year out of him, and you could lean on Terrell Edmonds not being what you wanted from him. Um, so I'm just going to leave. I'm going to abstain with those two guys. So with that being said, since 1969, out of all those picks, and I believe that's, I guess let's say, uh, let's say about 49 picks because we're leaving the last two off, 15 of them. So 15 of them we're going to consider just really bad picks. But look at the percentage. We're going to say about 34 to 35, and so very good picks. So what's that 70%? And I, I'm just trying to do this in my head, but I'm going to say about 70% um, of a fantastic rate for drafting. And I'll take that anytime. So yeah, Witt it's helping me out. He's saying uh, two thirds. So two thirds of those picks are pretty solid picks. Um, So for the last 50 years of drafts, we've done pretty well. So you could always expect good stuff out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have a number one pick this year. They've got a number two pick. It's a deep draft. We talked about the ways they could blow it. But here's the thing. When you look at Kevin Colbert, you're looking at a guy that you have great faith in because a lot of those bad picks that we mentioned did not come in the Kevin Colbert era. In the Kevin Colbert era, the guys that were on the bad list were three, three so far. Cause like I said, we're not talking about Edmonds and Bush. It's, uh, it, it's still pretty tough to, uh, to go ahead and say on them. But if you want to throw Edmonds on that list in 20 years, four, four picks that you don't like that were, were, uh, not great picks. If you want to do that, you can, but I'm looking at three out of 20. And that's a, that's a really good general manager. So uh, when you talk about superstars of this team, you got to think of the scouting department and you've got to think of Kevin Colbert. So um, there's ways they could blow this draft, but kind of don't think they're going to, because in Colbert, I trust, and you know, you know, that, as much as we want to say what he's going to do, we're going to turn around and say, they know a whole lot more than we don't. And especially in this crazy time, um, when you're dealing with a pandemic, I love the fact that you have a scouting department that can do what they can do. And so, you know, they've been doing, they'll be doing deal. They have done due diligence, man, I can't speak. Um, they've done, due diligence this entire time for 20 years, you know, they, they had a huge plan, uh, up until the, uh, everything was starting to get shut down. So with that being said, I'm pretty excited for this draft. I cannot wait to talk about it. Um, Brian Scott says the draft is already a, a win with getting Fitzpatrick. He's better than anyone we could have drafted. I want to mention something about that. I want to throw in a couple other teams too, that don't have number one draft picks. Uh, those teams are, uh, you might have to help me out with this, but the Bills don't have a number one draft pick. The Colts don't, the Rams, the Steelers. Um, there's two more, but the Texans, and I think there's one more, but here's the thing about, the, excuse me, those teams. They actually, by getting talent, established talent for those number one picks, like a Stefan Diggs, a J, uh, Laramie Tunsil, a, uh, um, we're talking about a, uh, of course, a Minka Fitzpatrick. There's no rookie learning core, um, curve for Jalen Ramsey either. There's no, uh, um, the Colts. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Colts were on that list too. Um, thanks Alfred. Um, there's no learning cr- curve for DeForest Buckner. You know, there's no learning cr- curve for those guys. And, That's because they're established and those are their number one picks this year. So they actually have a leg up because when I say the the learning curve, it's like we might be losing some very valuable rookie dates to go ahead and get them developed. Um, Not saying that the rookies are going to come in and do nothing, but you've got a leg up with having some of those talents. So not having a, a, a number one pick this year and getting established talent that, you know, we already know what you have in a, in a guy like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know what you have in a guy, of course, like uh, a DeForest Buckner. You know what you have in Jalen Ramsey, Stefan Diggs. You know what you have in guys like that. So, uh, so those teams might be at, at an advantage for, uh, for not having to develop a rookie, but having to develop that second round pick a little more. So, uh, you know, that's something that could definitely be argued. But we had a great time today. I just rambled on for almost 48 minutes as I like to go. Um, you guys stuck with me. We had, uh, at this point right now, as I look, we have 68 in the live chat. Can't do it without you. You are our BTSC family. I love having you guys around. And look, I know I'm not always right. And I love the fact that I I agree with all of your opinions. I'm going to go back and look at the live chat. Um, I could be wrong on a few of those guys that we talked about since 1969 as well, but once again, we can't do this without you. Remember to go and hit like, if you like the show, um, somebody's going to go out there and hit dislike. I get it. It's no problem. You probably hit dislike as soon as you see my face, but go ahead and hit like, if you appreciated the show, I love you. I can't wait to see you again. And I'm going to see you again on Monday for our live draft. Please show up. And if you aren't in the draft, we might have some no-shows. We're already taking a waiting list. It's davis 8889 at gmail.com. Go ahead and get in. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. As always, stay safe. Be back here tomorrow for Yeah, I Said It with Lance Williams, the Homer and Hater show with Lance and Jeff coming up on Sunday. And then don't forget about the Q&A with Tony and myself on Monday. and. I, I'd be—I can't forget Dave and Big Bro Sco on Tuesday with the, scat, the Stat Geek shows. So with that, thanks so much. I will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, my friends. We'll see ya. And remember, as the great Rowdy Rowdy Piper would always say, "Just when you think you know all the answers, we start changing the questions." Good night, my friends.